This episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge is sponsored by IATA Training. More than 1 million students have boosted their aviation careers with them. Visit www.iata.org training to discover how they can help your aviation career. That's iata.org training. In our last episode, we discussed the impressive comeback by Turkish Airlines. This week, we turn to Cathay Pacific, a carrier that had a disappointing 1% operating margin in the first six months of last year. Since then, cargo, which is hugely important to Cathay, rebounded a bit. So surely things have gotten better, right, Seth? Well, cargo did, but still a negative 4% overall margin for the airline in the first six months of the year. Oh, my. Well, then, change of plans. Instead of, how's the turnaround going? The first question of the show will be, who's eating Cathay's lunch? Little hint, it's an 800-pound gorilla, and this week's Airline Weekly had a cover story on said primate. I'm Jason Cottrell, Vice President of Airline Weekly, and speaking of intelligent beasts, joining me is Seth Kaplan, Managing Partner of Airline Weekly. In addition to Cathay's troubles, we're going to discuss the continued success of Qantas in Air New Zealand, and we'll talk about why the same can't be said for Virgin Australia. We'll check in on Air Canada and WestJet, and we'll discuss Allegiance Big Florida real estate plans. You heard that correctly. It's all coming up in the Airline Weekly Lounge. Thanks for joining us. We're starting the show looking at Cathay Pacific, who is struggling to say the least. Seth, what is going wrong in Hong Kong? So you still want me to do a show with you after calling me a beast in the intro? I said intelligent beast. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, that's a compliment. It's a compliment <laughs> on the uh, on the athletic field. I've been called worse. Yeah, uh, a, a lot going wrong. Um, you know, three main things come to mind uh you know first you have the competition from from mainland chinese carriers uh flying non-stop to north america you know overflying uh, hong kong and, and and other places to be sure um and, and and you know i mean speaking of overflying don't forget years ago this is not a new thing but um when cross-strait traffic was liberalized you know you could fly between uh between taipei and beijing for example and other markets that hurt cathay so now this is just on a much bigger scale uh you know people who no longer have to or at least are, are well positioned to connect in Hong Kong, uh, overflying Hong Kong, by the way, to to uh, you know Australia and elsewhere, you know, geographically speaking, is is even uh, more of an issue. Um, then you've got LCCs now, low cost carriers all over East Asia. Um, yeah, you know, it's not new in Southeast Asia, but uh, in Northeast Asia, especially, uh, you know, a, a newer phenomenon. Uh, and and you know, like they're they're just a lot bigger now than they had been, and and uh, no end in sight to that. And then you have uh, the decline in inbound tourism to Hong Kong from the mainland. Uh, you know, some of that's just just a currency issue. Uh, Hong Kong's currency is pegged uh, to the U.S. dollar, so you know, when, when when the Chinese yuan comes under pressure, um, it makes Hong Kong look more uh, more expensive. But then you have the, the very direct impact of uh, political tensions uh, between Hong Kong and and Beijing, and uh, that. Is uh, is is manifesting itself, and so uh, you know. And as I said, it's 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 not just that. Um, a, a lot is going wrong for Cathay Pacific. 
We mentioned in Airline Weekly that Cathay is facing revenue problems rather than cost problems, and that usually revenue problems are harder to solve. Can you expand on that a bit? Yeah, well, if you think of everything I just mentioned, I mean, those are all revenue issues, right? Uh, you know, it, it's it's just all stuff that hurts the, hurts demand for for Cathay's flights. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you can you know, cost cuts are 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 more straightforward. Um, you, you know, obviously, airlines can can in some cases do things with their labor costs um, and and just look for other opportunity. Look, densification, right? Add seats to the airplane is 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 probably the the surest way. Um, to uh, to cut costs uh, if if you're an airline, um, and uh, you know Cathay has has done some of those things. You know has has certainly focused on cost, um, but you know when you are an airline like Cathay, especially, uh, you know in the end you're always going to be positioned to win on revenue, uh, not on cost, because those you know those low cost carriers and those mainland Chinese carriers uh, are are always going to have better cost structures. So you're going to be having to get revenue premiums uh, over those competitors so that you have a you know a, a, a positive revenue differential that makes up for the uh, for the, the hurtful cost differential um and uh, it, it's 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 hard to find new revenue uh, in, in a situation like the one Cathay is is facing notwithstanding again remember you mentioned it Jason uh you know cargo had been a drag on earnings. Now it's like if only that were the case, right? I mean, cargo is uh, is rebounding for Cathay as it is for 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 many airlines around the world. Um, but but the problem is that as important as cargo is to Cathay, uh, you know, it's all the other stuff that still that still matters more. It's still a much bigger passenger airline than a cargo airline, and it's those passenger revenues that are that are indeed under pressure. How similar is Cathay's situation to that of Korean Air? Well, Korean Air, like Cathay, um, is is uh, uh, facing some of those those same kinds of things. The overflying, you know, for example, and if anything, uh, just because of Korea's geography, uh, I mean, it you know for, for for many years was was for a lot of people practically the the default way to travel between the U.S. and and China. Certainly, uh, uh, you know, to secondary cities in China. Not only those. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, you you go back a decade, and and uh, you know, there wasn't that much service, nonstop service between the uh, the U.S. and China. So, uh, and and again, because South Korea is just farther north, um, and, and sort of more along the the route between uh between the US and China um that that was more important to uh, to to uh Korean Air than it was to uh Cathay Pacific um so so you know those kinds of trend look uh, LCCs if anything it's um you know it's even newer in in uh in in uh Korean Air's neighborhood you know Southeast Asia which Cathay Pacific is a little more exposed to. Uh, you know, Air Asia is not a new phenomenon. Some of those other carriers that have been around for a while. In Northeast Asia, um, there's there's really been a a, uh, a a big boom in activity among LCCs just here in the past uh, uh, several years in South Korea itself. In Japan, uh, uh, you know there are LCCs now in China. Um, and so, uh, you know, so it, it, it faces that too. Um, uh, yes. And, and, and sure enough, sure. Yeah. The, the, the political issues, right. China, uh, sort of turns off the tap of, of inbound tourism. Uh, Korean air has very much faced that, uh, as well. Um, you know, one difference is, uh, Korean air does have at least some of the exposure to the LCC, some of the direct exposure. Jin air, for example, is, is, is owned by the same uh, parent company as Korean, so it kind of gets to hedge its bets that way. Although, 
you know, we've talked about it before, Jason. I'm not sure, uh, you know, owning a low cost unit um, is is necessarily uh, an, an elixir for a legacy airline. Um, but Cathay doesn't, uh, you know, is, is notable among airlines. At least say, oh, non U.S. airlines um, around the world that 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 aren't in the uh, the low cost game in in some regard. Um, but uh, I guess the biggest difference of all, Jason, is is literally the difference, and I mean. Uh, the margin of one airline, the uh, minus the margin of the other, uh, you know, because when you add it all up for uh, for Korean Air, uh, they over to Pat and I just did the math. Uh, uh, they have a almost a nine percent margin operating margin over the most recent twelve months that they've reported. That compares to a negative three percent margin over the most recent twelve months. Uh, so that's an annual operating margin, uh, the the most current we can get. Uh, for Cathay Pacific, uh, so that is a what is that? Oh, uh, almost a twelve percent. Uh, look at the fractions here: eleven or twelve percent uh, difference in margin. And and the the most recent time that we ran in Airline Weekly a global earnings scoreboard of uh, oh seventy five airlines in the world that we track. Uh, so that so this goes back a quarter because not all the airlines are quite done for the second quarter. Uh, you know, a few stragglers, but. Uh, you know, so so uh, Korean Air um, was number thirty-one out of seventy-five in the world. Uh, so you know, not among the very most profitable airlines in the world, but in the top half, uh, doing fine. Cathay, on the other hand, uh, in the red, uh, number sixty-eight out of seventy-five, and one of only eight airlines out of seventy-five in the world that lost money at the operating margin again among those we uh we track which is which is most of the significant airlines so uh yeah if you just sort of think about it qualitatively and talk about the uh the challenges they they might sound a lot alike but um uh korean air uh doing far better than cathay and on top of that i should say your korean air moving in the right direction has actually been improving its margins whereas uh you know cathay's margins have, have continued to deteriorate and how dire is this? Is this an existential crisis? Well, um, look, it, it, it's it, it, it's hard to feel good about the situation there until you can, uh, you know, call a bottom. Uh, I mean, you know, hard to imagine them doing very well anytime soon. And this, it, I mean, let's remind ourselves: we're talking about an airline that, for uh, you know, much of its history, was was uh, you know was was a was a very uh, well respected, a very successful airline. So this is all. Uh, not entirely new. I mean, they've they've their margins have been under pressure. Um, but an airline that uh, yeah, in, ter- in terms of what I said before, being one of the least successful airlines in the world financially at this point among among airlines that uh, that report to financials, that's uh rather new. Um, and uh, you know, hard to imagine them not figuring it out. Uh, at at some point, I mean, there's there's still uh. You know, Hong Kong is still a really important, um, you know, financial center and all the rest of it, and they are still the best positioned airline. I mean, there's competition there. We didn't even get into. You asked me, you know, some of the issues. I mean, there's local competition um, uh, that they face, but you know, they are still uh, the 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 top airline in a very important uh, center of finance of commerce. Um, you know, so so hard to imagine them not, you know, figuring out a way here. But uh, but on the other hand. Um. Yeah. You know. It, it's. You know. If you're. If you're losing money. Period. Period. After period. Um. At some point. The. Uh, you know. That. 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 Does become a crisis. 
Do you see any solution? Do you have any advice for Cathay Pacific? <laughs> well, I mean, no, you know, it's one of these, sometimes, yeah, sometimes, you know, you, you see an airline, you're like, well, why don't they just do, you know, X, Y, or Z? I mean, this is, this is a tough situation. I mean, I told you one thing they're not doing um, that a lot of other airlines around the world that have struggled have been doing, which is getting, you know, some exposure uh, to the uh, to the low-cost world. But on the other hand, I'm not sure that there's much evidence that that, that, that succeeds. I mean, there's exceptions. You know, Jetstar is a big one that everybody always holds up for Qantas. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's been very successful. But... Um, but it's a lot easier to name the ones that haven't been. So, um, so that's it's something they're not doing that they could do. But uh, but is it a solution? I uh, you know that, I don't know. Um, uh, you know I, I I think part of it. Uh, I, I mean, look, just waiting for things to get better isn't isn't necessarily a strategy. It's not a strategy. But um, sometimes doing something is worse than doing nothing. I mean, that, there, there are times where where you know there, there's you know where you you could make your own situation worse by um, by by you know knee jerking, and uh, and on the other hand, just by kind of waiting, let's see what happens here with the mainland Chinese carriers. Uh, you know because I mentioned all their the expansion uh, abroad, and it, it's a problem for Cathay. Um, but uh, you know some signs here that it's a problem for them too. And if that were to slow, you know if just some of these trends were to were to uh, improve from Cathay's perspective. Um, then, then that, uh, you know, could indeed help improve their situation. Again, that that's, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like good advice. Hey, just just be patient, just wait. You know, when you're an airline in as bad a shape as 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 they are, um, but there are uh, external issues that are tough for them to solve. Uh, that on the other hand would would turn things around and politically too. You know, it's uh, as just as quickly as inbound tourism slows from China. You know, when 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 China sort of you know, plays around with group tourism and so forth. It can also, uh, you know, pick up again. I mentioned, you know, Korea suffering, but hey, Japan, you know, um, saw how quickly things could uh, turn around there in that market. So, uh, so, so I think some of the uh, externalities uh, maybe just as likely if they approve to, to help Cathay as, as uh, anything it can necessarily do. Cathay has an 18% ownership stake in Air China. Does that provide them any shelter from the storm? Well, um, you know, Air China is a profitable company, so uh, so at least you know, at least there's that. They own a piece of an airline that's doing well. I mean, uh, look, on balance, um, uh, the, you know, as I mentioned, all, everything that the Chinese carriers is, are doing um, is not helpful for Cathay. But if they're going to be doing it, well, then I guess you'd want to own a piece of, of an airline that's more profitable than you are. Um, and no signs of that of them deepening their ties there. Um, you know, these are two airlines, obviously. It, it, the two different alliances, Cathay and One World Air China, and Starred, which doesn't preclude anything. There, there are the other examples around the world of rather tight joint ventures between airlines that are either in two different alliances or you know one in an alliance and one not. But uh, but yeah, so so the the ownership stake is 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 you know financially uh, at this point helpful because because of their exposure to uh, uh, to a profitable airline. In fact, the, the most profitable of, of China's big three airlines, uh, as as Air China is. Um, but, uh, but that by itself doesn't seem at least, you know, looking at it right now to be anything that's going to, uh, be too meaningful, uh, in terms of a, a turnaround at Cathay. Getting back to this massive Chinese capacity ramp up, they may be eating Cathay's lunch, but it's not filling them up, so to speak, is it? Yeah, good way to put it. Uh, and that's, uh, that's a whole other story. It, 
a cover story in fact as you mentioned in the intro that we that we uh we wrote in airline weekly uh this week and it's and it, it it really is worth um worth a, a read um did that come did that come off too shameless as as plugs go it was just shameless enough <laughs> but yeah no i it, it, it um uh you know their their margin i mean they're all doing better in Cathay in terms of the the uh the, the big airlines in china um but their margins are are declining at a Oh, I don't know if alarming is overstating the case to say an alarming rate, but a significant uh, um, uh, rate. And, um, you know, and there's some signs that uh, that they're slowing that down. Um, but, you know, the growth that China's economy uh, is, 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 you know, obviously a big, a big topic in the world right now. Um, and uh, so so let's uh, yeah, let's let's see what happens here uh, in, in a in a very a uh, very important market that might be um, at a turning point and, and you know, not, not necessarily a, a, a good one from the standpoint of its airlines. One airline that's not struggling is Qantas. But before we go there, I want to thank our sponsor, IATA Training. Did you know that 36 million new aviation-related jobs will be needed in the next two decades? Offering over 350 aviation-related courses, IATA can help you take advantage of this huge opportunity and boost your career. And even better, if you register more than three months in advance, you can save 20% on course fees. Terms and conditions apply. Visit iata.org slash training for details and start shaping your career in aviation. That's iata.org slash training. Qantas is having a much better year than Cathay. They continue to enjoy continue to enjoy one of their best years ever. In the first six months of 2017, Qantas posted an 18 or an 8% operating margin, excuse me. Not bad for the first half. No, not as good as eighteen percent, but 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 pretty good. Um, it's ten percent worse. <laughs> yeah, and and here's an airline that's you know very exposed to um uh to everything that goes on in China, uh, and faces competition uh, to a degree um uh, in the sense that Chinese airlines have expanded their offerings to China. Um, but here's one where you know the story is is um is much more nuanced and and. You know, really positive overall uh, for Qantas because uh, all of that expansion by Chinese carriers is um, related to uh, just a, a boom in inbound tourism to uh, to Australia. So first of all, you know, some of that inbound tourism ends up on on Qantas itself, and uh, you know, on top of that, these are people who. who Come to Australia and and spend time there uh, and travel around Australia. Australia, a big country geographically, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, we often end up flying between points uh, domestically, and so uh, so even people who come to Australia on another airline, uh, you know, end up taking two or three domestic flights while they're there very often. Uh, and so yeah, you add it all up, and um, and this is an airline that is uh, uh, that is doing very well. Um, in the face of you know some some challenges, I mean it's it's uh, look the commodity bust has been very harmful in in uh, in the mining regions of Australia, uh, and, and um, uh, you know so 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 uh, it, it's not as if all of the uh, conditions have been have been uh, you know perfect for them, but they are one of the really impressive uh, turnaround stories in the world. An airline that um, that is. Uh, uh, you know, again, not not among the uh, the very most profitable world in the world, but uh, um, but certainly far closer to the top than to the bottom. Going back now, I'm looking at that uh, that ranking that we did that I mentioned before of the you know, 75 airlines by operating margin around the world. 
uh, Qantas um, as of uh, as of that ranking again. That be, that's before this most recent quarter um, was number uh, was number twenty five out of seventy five at that point. It had a ten percent operating margin for the most recent twelve months. So uh, so in the uh, just into the top third uh, of of airlines around the world. And naturally, if Qantas is doing well, Virgin Australia must also be doing well. Pausing for laughter. <laughs> How was their uh, first half of 2017? Yeah, Qantas with an 8% margin. Virgin topped that with a temp. Wait, wait, what's this? Somebody's holding me a piece of paper. Oh, breaking news here. No, no, no. Um, yeah. Negative uh, operating result, actually, just uh, fractionally negative, but that's obviously uh, far, far below what you described for, for Qantas, that 8% margin. Uh, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was dreadful. Uh, and you're moving in the wrong direction. Um, so, so uh, uh, you know, Qantas, as I said, has been turning itself around, improving its margins. Um, Virgin Australia, that uh, let's see, this is it's a, a negative, you know, zero point, you know, nearly a negative half percent margin. That's down from uh, from two percent a year earlier. So, uh, not only is it doing poorly, but it is uh, it is moving uh, in the wrong direction um and if you're curious by the way it's it's uh domestic isn't the problem it was you know it made at least a little bit of money not the not the main problem anyway but um international lost money and then tiger air australia which is the uh, the low cost unit that that they purchased a few years ago uh negative 12 percent operating margin so the, back to the theme of you know of, of an LCC within a within a legacy carrier, uh, perhaps not solving, uh, perhaps not being the cure for all that ails you. Is certainly another one of those uh, examples where that is the uh, uh, perhaps the biggest uh, drag on the company. The biggest up, the, the most positive thing at the company, by the way, continues to be its uh, its its loyalty program. Strongly profitable velocity. Uh, it didn't sold a part of that a few years ago, so you know might wish it hadn't. But uh, you know when you've got their balance sheet, you're burning the furniture as it, as it were and that uh it's what they had to do but again still happy for the exposure they do have two-thirds of it that they do own um because that's what's uh, holding the company up at this point management tried to put a positive spin on the situation they said debt is falling and cash flow is positive do you think we're going to see a turnaround story here well, again, um, you know, I mentioned them, their margins if anything have continued to decline um so it, it it's uh it's, you know, t- taking out our magnifying glass and looking for those, uh, those those green shoots, as the as the saying goes. It, it's uh, it's pretty hard to find them yet. Um, uh, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll see here. And obviously, improving the balance sheet would be a, a a big help for them because when you're when you're in the kind of situation that they're in, that ends up you, know, you get into this vicious cycle where uh, the cost of you know the cost of your debt of borrowing is is. Uh, is high because you don't have the best credit rating and all that, um, and it can it can put you into a spiral. So that would uh, that would help. Yeah, pretty difficult to find signs yet of, of of that airline turning around. And gosh, it seems a long, long time ago that this was Virgin Blue, as it was called back then. You know, a rather successful kind of upmarket, low cost airline um, in in Australia, and uh, it's uh, it's it's done a lot since then. Gotten into all kinds of other different businesses. Uh, and uh, with 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 you know nothing to show for it in in terms of profitability. Well, Qantas isn't the only happy story in Australasia. 
Air New Zealand is enjoying similar success. They posted an 8% margin in the first half of 2017. How much of Air New Zealand's and Qantas's uh, success is a coincidence? Well, they both benefit from uh, from from some of the same positive trends. The, the inbound tourism from China, for example, and people flying. You know, if you, if you uh, I don't know, you fly from China to Auckland, and then you take a domestic flight down to Christchurch and that sort of thing. You know, that, that that's that's all stuff that um uh that 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 helps uh, New Zealand in in the uh in the in the same way. Uh, that that it helps Qantas. New, New Zealand is just very much Qantas a map, um, you know, in terms of tourism, uh, e- even more so than it's been in, in the past. Uh, you know, it's, it's a long way away from a lot of places, but uh, but people really like it when they get there. Now, uh, should note by the way that they actually that eight percent for Air New Zealand they actually declined quite a bit uh, uh, compared to a year ago. They'd been at fifteen percent a, a year earlier. So. You know that's 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 mostly on on fuel cost a lot of it anyways on fuel costs which rose a lot. Um, you can't blame that for that them for that. Nor can you blame them for the uh, um, you know all the new Chinese competition because they same same two sided coin as Qantas has. You know a lot of, a lot of new uh, competition coming from China. But um, but yeah no they're they're an airline that like Qantas um, in terms of how the, you know, generally well they've done over the past several years. They, uh, you know, they can take um, a lot of their credit. I mean, they've been for a number of years now, really one of the more innovative airlines around the world in terms of product. You know, they were rather early in terms of premium economy, the sky couch where you can, you know, kick out the, the, the you know, kind of uh, extend the uh, cushion of the economy seats. And, you know, you've got three across becomes, a you know, the flatbed for uh in coach and you know and the fair families you know that a lot of airlines do now they were very early on that i mean so so they 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 um kind of took control of their situation they said you know it's not we just can't sit here and complain uh that our geography is bad for uh you know connections and the sorts of things we know about uh uh new zealand and instead you know took control of the situation um they've they've used dreamliners very innovatively that's clearly helped them uh that's been yeah it's been a transformative aircraft for them rather uh, rather clearly and they're joint ventures i mean they've been very enthusiastic you know other airlines have kind of been have gone along grudgingly with that but they have uh their joint ventures with um with uh you know virgin australia which has been helpful for them i mean they used to own a piece of it that wasn't helpful but just the joint venture itself uh they like with singapore airlines with air china and you know most recently with united uh, which is something that Qantas was not able to get with its uh, respective alliance partner in America. It wanted a joint venture with American and uh, the the U.S. antitrust regulators. Uh, well, excuse me, U.S. DOT Department of Transportation said no to that. Whereas uh, Air New Zealand did get the joint venture it wanted with uh, with uh, United. Moving to North America, Canada's two biggest airlines both posted a seven percent operating margin in the second quarter. Let's talk about Air Canada first. Considering how Canada's economy is growing so sharply, is that seven percent a bit of a disappointment? Well, I guess I guess it, the question is compared to what, uh, you know, compared to its U.S. peers, uh, you know, the, let's say the big three U.S. airlines, absolutely, right? Uh, what do you say, seven percent? So you know, American looking at the same quarter, second quarter, you know, American sixteen percent, Delta. 18% united 14% obviously disappointing compared to them you know but compared to to uh to its own history um you know it's 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 rather good especially when you know compared to its history vis-a-vis uh westjet um yeah you know, go back uh, uh 
five years and and uh for for that same quarter second quarter five years ago uh i've got WestJet at at uh a nine percent operating margin air Canada at a two percent operating margin so uh you know so, so when you say they're both there in the same realm um that's that's obviously uh, an accomplishment in that regard uh, for Air Canada. Uh, yeah, I mean, as as good as things are, you know, rather low fuel prices, rather good economy, and all that. You know, you, you, you'd probably wish to see them uh, doing even better. Uh, but they are now a a, um, a a solidly and a consistently profitable airline here, uh, which is something you couldn't have said about Air Canada for for uh, for much of its history. WestJet's seven percent margin was at least uh, one point improvement from the year before. They're surely going to deliver a pretty good profit margin for the year. But still, these are very interesting times at WestJet. Interesting indeed. I mean, it, this this is an airline that, uh, uh, you know, just a few up until a few years ago was a typical 737 low cost carrier, uh, 737 operating low cost carrier, you know, flying between, you know, mostly sizable markets in Canada. Um, and then, you know, first it went small. Turbo prop flying to penetrate the smaller markets in Canada, Q400s. Uh, then it went big. It started with 767s, you know, kind of dabbling in the low cost long haul game, uh, but in a in a rather low risk way, you know, kind of cheap old airplanes that, yeah, aren't the most efficient when you're flying them, but, you know, if demand is low in the winter or whenever, you can just kind of park them. Uh, but then, you know, they've committed to Dreamliners. Um, and, and so that, uh, 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 creates more opportunities. Clearly, um, uh, uh, you know, in terms of if, if you're able to find profitable ways to use them, in terms of their operating economics, and just in terms of their range, being able to fly to Asia, which WestJet is very clearly uh, interested in doing, and uh, but but also the risks because now you've got these expensive airplanes, you you do have to uh, indeed find those profitable things uh, to do with them. So they went small, they went big, uh, they're going ultra low cost. You know, with, with with this unit that they're going to start here in a little while, so um, so they've really transformed uh, who they are now. Look, Air Canada too has been uh, getting into other kinds of businesses. You know, it, it, Rouge is its uh, its low cost unit um, and a sizable one. I mean, it's it's uh, you know what fifty airplanes, um, but you know, still, it's just sort of one other line of flying uh, business that Air Canada has gotten into, rather than uh, rather than three others. And that too entails risks. I mean, don't forget, Air Canada failed with Tango uh, a decade earlier. Now it's you know doing that again with with the, the, the I'm not saying failing again. It's it's doing another low cost unit. Uh, impossible to say for sure how Rouge is doing. They don't break out those uh, those results. But yeah, no WestJet. If anything, is the airline that uh, uh, pretty soon here is not going to look a lot like it it uh, it used to look. Um, and uh, it, you know what they both have in common is they're both growing uh, rather rapidly. Air Canada, um, you know, is growing internationally you know, in terms of long haul flying faster than any other airline in the world. Um, so you know, it it, it has not been. Uh, uh, timid and um, you know, but perhaps all the growth by both of these airlines, um, uh, you know, helps explain why their margins aren't the same as their U.S. Car- uh, counterparts, which have been so you know, which have really constrained their growth over the past um, over the past few years. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, when you add it all, you've got two airlines that are uh, they're doing fine. Um, uh, you know, again, in Air Canada's case, doing about as well as it's ever done. In WestJet's case, not doing as well as it did for uh, for most of its history. Um, but uh, you know, the the you know, Air Canada is in the uh the the 
and West Jet for that matter, both in the top half of airlines around the world. Again, going back to the same chart uh, for perspective of the you know, 75 airlines, WestJet for, for, for that period, uh, through the most recent period where we had all airlines for the most recent 12 months. WestJet number 29 out of 75 in the world. Uh, Air Canada number 32 out of 75. The difference there was that there were times uh, over the past decade where WestJet was you know in the top 10. Uh, you know, so for them, not such good news to be uh, just kind of middle of the pack. Whereas Air Canada, uh, generally speaking, happy to be there. Historically speaking. Okay, last item of the show, and you knew I wasn't going to miss a chance to talk about a certain real estate investor. No, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about oh. Allegiant Airlines, who is embarking on a rather <laughs> massive condo hotel resort project in Florida. Had to be Florida. You're gonna love it. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna amazing. be great. Uh, it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna. You're, you're gonna be so tired of winning. It. In. Uh, I know this wouldn't surprise you from Donald Trump, but did it surprise you coming from Allegiant? <laughs> well, it didn't surprise me because they 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 indicated that they would that they were interested in perhaps doing something like this. So so it didn't. It the fact that they're doing it. Um. Uh. In that regard, you know, by definition, wasn't a shock because they, they had sort of uh um you know, tipped their hand. Um. But uh, I guess that, that's another allusion to uh, to uh, casinos and so forth, right? Uh, it, 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 but no, they're they're yeah, they're really doing it, and and let's see, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, th- this is an airline that that is among the very most profitable airlines in the world, and so you know you, you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt here, uh, but that's not to say they don't make mistakes. Uh, you know, Hawaii with with seven fifty sevens was a, was a big mistake for them. I mean, it's a tribute to them that they could. That they could screw something up that badly and and still remain as profitable as they still are, and they've you know gone out of their way to say, look, this is also a low risk venture. They say, you know, the the the, you know, as as flashy as it is, the the land cost, which is the big sort of you know amount of money that they're sinking, is you know the cost of one aircraft and that sort of thing. But yeah, no question, they're um they're getting into uh into something else, you know, and and uh, investors a lot of times like sort of. Yeah, they kind of like clarity to see a company that's just doing its its core thing, and this is you know this is not that, but yeah, you know they they've they've uh, emphasized that they're not an airline, they're a travel company, and and uh, and so yeah, this this uh, this resort, you know, combination of you know sort of condos and vacation rentals and all the rest of it, you know, makes shows that they're they're serious when they uh, when they say that, and. Um, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, hey, if they can succeed, uh, I, I'm I, in this copycat industry. I'm sure they won't be the last airline around the world to try it. And with that, we'll leave it right there. For Seth Kaplan, I'm Jason Cottrell, and you've been listening to Episode 80 of the Airline Weekly Lounge. This episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge was sponsored by IATA Training. Visit www.iata.org training to discover more than 350 courses to help boost your career in aviation. That's IATA.org slash training.